Welcome to the A Jesus Church podcast. We're a family seeking to become like Jesus, empowered by His presence to partner in God's creative work of restoring the world. We pray this episode encourages and equips you along the journey. p.m. May 12th, year 2000. That was the day that fundamentally, like, it altered everything I thought I knew about what it meant to be a human being. Uh, It all went out the window. It all was flipped on its head. How could I have been so naive? I'd been married for a few years at that point. uh, So I knew what family life was all about. I knew there was, like, give and take, maybe a bit more give than take. But I was smart. I knew that the success uh, for a marriage meant that it was about 49% about me and 51% about her, right? Give or take. I I was a pretty good husband. I'd even woken up that morning thinking to myself, how do I make my wife's life more comfortable uh, so that my life could be more comfortable? Uh, Remember, again, it's 51% about her. For all the young pups out there, that's a freebie. Um, Ultimately, though, when all was said and done, I had no idea what I was talking about. My percentages were way, way off. Why, you ask? Well, because 7.48 p.m. on May 12th, year 2000, I became a dad. It's amazing how much one person can not know about something. I mean... I, had, I was a youth pastor. My wife was a kids pastor. I mean, I kind of thought we had this game sorted, right? I mean, we'd read all of the books and we'd done all the parenting things. I had actually taken classes in university on child and adolescent psychology. We were practically already parenting hundreds of youth and kids. I'm not saying that we were experts, but I did have a degree. Okay? Uh, that night... As I stepped out of the hospital room with my little baby boy cradled in my arms moments after my wife had given birth, much like that kid that grabs the football from the guy who actually scored the touchdown and goes out and shows off the miracle to everyone, leaving behind my incredible wife and the insanity of childbirth, uh, all I could think was, this little being... It's more important than than anything in the universe. He gets my 100%. Well, no, that's not going to work. He he gets like 99% and and Brittany gets 1%. That's not going to work either. Wait, no, no. He just gets so much percent. (laughs) And then those first couple nights, right? Diapers filled with tar me standing there helplessly as he feeds sudden cries in the night and Brittany having to get up and comfort me. <laughs> and, and then the delusion starts to set in and, and you begin to wonder, maybe he does get 100%. And then a couple days later, they push you out the front door of the hospital and you, you get sent home with it. And then what were they thinking? We, we don't know anything about anything. Those books, they, they're useless. The, the classes that I took, did my teacher even, was he, was he even qualified to teach those classes? And all that stuff about being youth pastors and kids pastors, what were we thinking? You see, there's a vast difference between knowing about something or someone 
and actually knowing them. Like knowing things about being a dad versus actually being a dad. We live in a time with so much confusion around knowing about versus knowing. Our phones have made us kind of like so connected. We're able to see into the lives of people we will never meet. And the information age has brought all of that information to our fingertips. So we have so much access to so much useless information. Listen, we might know Travis Kelsey's girlfriends, (laughs) birth date, shoe size, favorite meal, where she's spending Christmas, what she's hoping to get from her boyfriend at Christmas, how she feels about it, and some pictures, but we don't actually know her. And I get it. With so much information about someone or something, it can be easy to get those two ideas confused. And I think we do the same thing sometimes with our relationship with God. We've heard the stories. We've sung the songs. We've we've watched the the play that played itself out here. We've even watched The Chosen. We know so much about God and his story. But do we actually know him? We've been on a journey these past few weeks, a journey towards this Christmas moment. If you recall, like at the first weeks of our Advent series, I mentioned that this Advent was a time for us to prepare our hearts for an invitation, an invitation to step into a story, to participate in a journey, a journey that's really, it's not about us, though it does affect us profoundly. Uh, The nativity, it it doesn't really fit our storefronts. It doesn't really fit our social media. It's messy and it's difficult. It's full of lonely moments and painful moments, but it's also filled with beauty and wonder and awe, so much bigger than just us. It's a story about God's rescue plan for humanity where the king of kings steps into our story to love and heal and save us from our poverty. The grace of God that's come to bring salvation to all people. It's a breathtaking story. And it's a cosmic story. Remember, the coming of the baby Jesus, it meant the coming of an actual dragon beyond the five senses of of Mary and Joseph was this battle between life and reality, between the light and the darkness, the, the birth of Jesus. It was the beginning of the defeat of our ancient enemy, the serpent. And it's a global story. The coming of Jesus, it meant that foreign magi came to worship before him. The nations of the world were enfolded into the story of God and his people. The birth of Jesus was good news for all nations because the government would rest on his shoulders. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Remember? that Isaiah 9 passage we just looked at. And it's a human story. The coming of the baby Jesus meant the coming of the shepherds to worship. And if the shepherds get a personal angelic invite, then everyone is welcome. 
the noble, the wise, the, the outsider, the peasant, the slave, the weary, the worn out, the sorrowful, the lonely. Everyone can receive this wonderful counselor, this, this everlasting fatherly embrace. Remember Isaiah, six, Isaiah 9, verse 6? And finally, it's a personal story. The coming of the baby Jesus meant that God himself stepped into the grand narrative of our existence. Emmanuel, God with us. Beyond our ideas about him, beyond our information describing him, Jesus came to show us who God is and what it looks like to be in relationship with him. Discontent to leave us in our loneliness and our brokenness. Jesus came to restore his family and repair the damage done by the dragon. John, the apostle, he tells us kind of a more uh, poetic version of the nativity story in John 1, verse 14, he says this. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have, we've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. More literally translated, Jesus set up his tent and made his home with us among us. God drew near. Discontent with status quo, the glory and the fullness of the one and only Son of God came into our midst so that we could really, really know him. This amazing story is, it's kind of like a, a relational Advent funnel, right? It starts up off with Jesus and this kind of cosmic reign over all things and it narrows down to the more specific workings of our world and, and then even more down into the cares of humankind. But God does not stop there, no. The invitation of Jesus is personal. The baby in the manger makes it personal personal for each one of us here in this room this Christmas Eve 2023. My friends, God so loved the world. Let that line sink in. God so loved the world that he sent his son. He sent his son, to get hands on, to, to become one of us. The ex, this extraordinary God made himself known in the ordinary, the baby in the manger, proof of the possibility that we can really know God. Because the baby in the manger is an invitation to a deeper relationship with God. The king of kings who reigns over the cosmos, whose kingdom I can still freely choose, freely step into. At Christmas, we are given the opportunity to accept that invitation again. To willingly bow a knee 
asking King Jesus to reign in our lives that we might take his healing back to a broken, broken and hurting world. But what does that look like? What does it mean for us to practically let Jesus into our life this Christmas? I recently read a survey that said that over 70% of Americans were carrying some form of anxiety, money, family, politics, health, into this Christmas. 70%, over 70%. The researchers were actually surprised by this percentage. Things have been difficult, but not as difficult as they've been in previous years, but it still seems that anxiety levels are up this year. Anyone feeling it? I know I have. I know, I'm not sure if you've caught it, but the last several weeks as we've been in the Advent series, there's been this theme each Sunday about laying our needs before Jesus as an act of submission, literally a call to our needs. Two weeks back, I was sitting right there in the front row and Shelby was preaching. I mean, she was, she was preaching. But I'd been through the gathering. This was my second time through an I literally, my mind had begun to wander. And I was, I was sitting in the gathering, stressing about money. And he was right in the front row, Pastor Tim, sitting in the front row, stressing about money. When suddenly, Shelby's voice, it cut through my contemplation with the profound call of, oh, holy night, fall on your knees. In that moment, it was like she was saying that line straight to me, fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. Oh, night divine. Oh, night when Christ was born. So I did. I fell to my knees in submission to the true king, turning my back on the lesser kings of anxiety and money, you see, this is how we accept the invitation to Advent. This is how we take one step closer to really knowing the baby in the manger. It's when we cry out in the words of a, a more modern Celtic carol, Prince of Peace, rule over me. The invitation of Advent is a call to letting Jesus carry the burdens as our mighty God, letting Jesus rule over our concerns and our anxieties. I mean, when we, when we allow our, ourselves to be ruled by our burdens, we declare that our king isn't enough, my friends. That version of God is not enough. And that morning, as I was sitting there, it wasn't enough to know the right ideas about God. I needed God himself to know his presence, to experience the reality of his reign and authority. At the beginning of our series, I invited us as a church to prepare ourselves for this season by, by reminding ourselves of who Jesus is. It was an invitation to, to fix our eyes anew on that little baby in the manger. To see Jesus 
as the center of our story, not as a secondary character that we look to when we think about it, but the main character, the hero, the author, worthy of our priorities and our resources. To see Jesus as hope amidst the suffering, that we would learn to trust him with his timing, letting suffering do its work in us to form us because practice and pain make us stronger on the inside, to see Jesus as reigning king, that we, like the magi and the shepherds, would willingly bow, giving Jesus authority over our life and our decisions, our anxieties and our fears. My prayers for us this season is that we would move from a knowledge about Jesus and this beautiful story to actually knowing him, that he would be our center, our hope amidst our suffering, the king of our decisions, that his truth would shape our experience. The late J.I. Packer, an amazing English theologian, he wrote this in a, a book called Knowing God. I would strongly recommend it. It's one of my favorites. He said this, how are we to do this? How can we turn our knowledge about God into knowledge of God? The rule for doing this is demanding but simple. Is that we turn each truth that we learn about God into a matter of meditation before God, leading to prayer and praise to God. To let his truth make its full and proper impact on one's mind and heart, arguing with oneself, reasoning oneself out of moods of doubt and unbelief into a clear apprehension of God's power and grace. And it is as we enter more and more deeply into this experience of being humbled and exalted that our knowledge of God increases and with it, our peace, our strength, and our joy. In short, we do this by taking God at his word. We do this by preaching to our own hearts and minds and calling them to realign to his reign and his rule. We accept the invitation of Advent of a to deepen our relationship with Jesus by accepting the present of his presence on our knees. Thanks for listening. For more resources and to partner with us through giving, visit us at thejesuschurch.org.